Hey, this is Diana, the Bard of Hudson. What the heck does that mean? A bard is just a storyteller. So here I am to share stories with you. What was it like growing up in the 60s and 70s? Did I really meet Bob Marley on an airplane? I hope you enjoy listening to my crazy life and that it inspires you to share your stories in some way. One great way to share your thoughts with me is through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard. There you can see the photos and written materials that enrich my stories with visuals. Please check it out. And wherever you're listening, please rate and review and share the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think. At the end of the day, human connection is all we have. Enjoy. Good evening, my darlings. (laughs) I am doing a little evening recording tonight. I don't know why. I'm doing it as Dracula. I have no idea. No idea. (laughs) But uh, I've got a Manhattan and yummy, yummy. And I'm sipping and enjoying some time with you guys. Yay. I picture you all out there. And I think about us sitting around a little fireside. Maybe a fire pit and a bunch of Adirondack chairs. And we're telling stories. Yeah, it'd be awesome. I ought to do that as a live event. It'll be great. So anyway, back in 1987, yes, it's the interminable year. What are you going to do? I don't know. Things conflate into my memory. I just interviewed my mom actually yesterday about her and Pat meeting. And turns out I got it totally wrong. Oh, well, what are you going to do? What I'm going to do actually is post the true story on Patreon. I will come up with a beautiful picture of the two of them and post the interview instead, and you'll get to hear it there. Oh, well. So Dave and I had been married for a year. We celebrated our one-year anniversary by going to Montauk out on Long Island and staying in a lovely little hotel, a little B&B. This was before there was Airbnb, so we were just in a B&B. Out on Montauk. No, wrong. Out at Southampton. Yeah, and I had never been there. I had never been all the way out to the end of Long Island. So first to discover what a god-awful long drive that was, and then to think about, wow, people do this all the time for weekends. Holy cow. That's insane. But we had a lovely time exploring that area. Neither of us had ever been there, so that was really fun. One year married. Oh my goodness. No cake top. Oh well. Ate it already. Never mind. But we did start talking about having kids. Can you imagine? Here I was, 26, and I had come such a long way from the girl who thought, no, no, I'm going to have an independent life with hundreds of lovers and it will be great. We were talking about having kids, and we were not being entirely, you know, careful with the contraception. So we were like, well, we'll leave it to fate. We wanted to do some traveling and all, but I was like, well, traveling with one kid can't be all that bad. You know, try telling someone who doesn't have children (laughs) what it's going to be like. And it's falling on deaf ears, so never mind. So in the fall of 1987, I did have another miscarriage, actually. And I think it was very early on. I didn't, I had maybe told Dave, but maybe said I wasn't quite sure. And I think I had a home test. 
And I was like, oh, is it too early to start celebrating or whatever? Or is this too early for us to have babies? It's crazy. I don't know. But then I had a miscarriage and I was incredibly depressed and really freaking out because I thought, oh, God, am I going to be one of these women who has tons of miscarriages or stillborn babies like Catherine of Aragon? Is this my fate? But it was being a little too dramatic. But it was a little sad for a little bit there. And we started trying again, like in more earnest. You know, like, okay, that was a test almost. Like, do you really want this? And we really had to consider it in a serious way. And once we did, we were like, yeah, we do. We do really want this. Dave comes from a family of three siblings, and I have me and my brother. So, you know, we were like, well, we aren't getting any younger. We better get started <laughs> at the tender age of 26 and 27. We were also beginning to look at houses out in the country, out there where my mom was, in Palisades, and very specifically in Palisades. I have tried numerous times to get away from there, and I was successful a couple of times, you know, briefly. I went to Boston and lived there. I went to Atlanta and lived there. Somehow always come back, back to the Hudson Valley, back to Rockland County. I'm preparing again now to leave, and we'll see how long I last. You know, I have friends and dear loved ones who are like, you won't make it. Come back. I think it's the snow and the cold that will keep me away this time, maybe for good, and after I find other beautiful, warm places that I see myself living in. In any case, we were looking around at houses, and there was this main thoroughfare, Oak Tree Road, that we kept driving up and down to go to the grocery store from my mom's house. And it is, it's kind of a main drag, but it's also a small road. And we kept passing this one little house. And Dave kept saying, if only that one would go on sale, that's our house. And I guess that he had the same kind of manifesting powers as my son does, because one weekend... We went out to just hang out there for the weekend, and we drove down Oak Tree Road, and suddenly there was a sign out front. And we were like, oh, my God, oh, my God, call them up right now. So, you know, there's no cell phones. So we zoomed back to Mom's house, and we called the number, and we got to go inside and see our little fantasy house. And it was so cute. It was very small, but it had a kitchen and a living room and then a stairway that went upstairs right as you went in the entrance door. So it was one of these real old-fashioned houses, you know, where you come inside and immediately could either go up to the bedrooms or you could go into the living space. There was a living room on the right with a fireplace and a dining room behind it and a little mud room that could be an office off the back. And then there was a cute backyard that was all fenced in. So it was great for dogs, my precious Max, who was still with us, and kids, and all of this. So we were like, wow, this is great. Upstairs, it had two very small bedrooms, and then a very large closet that we were like, meh, that could be a baby room. So we decided to put in an offer on it right away. That was the house that was going to work for us. We had been dreaming of it. And it's like, it was the opposite of what Dave does when he goes to get Christmas trees. He's got to look at six or seven of them before, you know, six or seven different Christmas tree lots before he buys a house, before he buys a Christmas tree. <laughs> but for the house, it was much more streamlined. 
and we put in an offer and then the realtor got back to us and he's like you're almost there and we upped it by a tiny bit because like what did we know again nobody was advising us who knew how to do these things my mom had never bought her own house her mom had bought her house for her so nobody was advising us we immediately upped our offer like that same day i think and we got to the right number and we were accepted and we got the house we were like oh my god we're going to be homeowners holy crap wow it's so exciting Later on, and I'll tell you about that later, but later on, the people who owned that house turned out to be great friends, really lovely friends, because um, they were moving only just down the street. They were Palisadians also, tried and true, and they had decided to stay, but just upgrade to this other house. It was a little bit bigger. So, as I said, you know, we were constantly, not constantly, but every other weekend or so, we were going out to Palisades to spend the weekend, and it was not like we needed to be with mom all the time. But we enjoyed their company or not, you know, and we went off and did other things too. So this one weekend, we had come to spend the weekend and they were out somewhere and we found on the door this funny note that said, there's a new dog here. Please be careful. Don't let it out. And we were like, okay, we can deal with that. My mom has always been a dog owner and she had a couple of dachshunds at the time. We were like, oh, she got a new one. Now, a little background, she and Pat and my aunt, Marina, used to go to this awful dog shelter across the river in Elmsford, and it had had a terrible fire in the shelter, and the building, the main building that housed the dogs, burned down. It was awful. It was just devastating. And so the shelter was trying to regroup and fundraise to have a new facility built, but in the meantime, they kept taking in these dogs and they would just chain them to the fence outside. And it was so horrible and depressing and sad. And so I don't know how my mom learned about this place, but she was completely pulled in and decided she had to do something for as many of the dogs as she could possibly help. So at first, they would just go, the three of them and anyone that they could rope in, to take the dogs for walks so that they would get some exercise. And so they'd take different ones and they'd go on little leash walks down the streets. And the dogs were so happy for the most part, like, oh my God, somebody cares about us. Oh, it was so great. And they ended up one by one bringing a few of them home. First, my aunt brought home this precious little white, creamy, fluffy dog that was about medium size, like a beagle size or so. I don't know what kind of dog she was. She had a little pink nose and pointy white ears, and she named her Christabel. And she was the sweetest, timid, lovely little dog who really loved everybody, and she was so kind and lovely. So apparently, my mom had decided to also bring home a dog from that same shelter. And this was the dog that she had brought home that same day that Dave and I were going inside to meet for the first time. So we went inside thinking, oh, we're going to be really quiet and gentle and call the dog. And we were like, here, puppy. We had no idea what kind of dog to look for. So we were like, here, puppy, puppy dog, hello. Trying to be really sweet and gentle and quiet. And we even tried getting out some sandwich meats from the refrigerator and trying to lure it from wherever it was. But everywhere we went in the house, there was no dog. 
And finally, we really got worried and we started really looking in earnest and we were like opening doors. Could it have gotten into this closet? Could it be shut in this bathroom? We were all over the house, just searching and searching. Finally, we thought, oh no, it maybe somehow was let out in the backyard. And so we were calling and calling and it was dark and the backyard is really big and lots of places to hide. Finally, we were like, oh my God, something happened on our watch to this dog. What are we going to do? What are we going to tell your mom? Oh my God. And we sat down at the dining room table and we were just beside ourselves and didn't know what we were going to say. And there was a big bay window in my mom's dining room that looks out onto the driveway. And I suddenly looked up and I said, Dave, don't move. And he's like, what? And I said, I think I found the dog what where just look at the window and on the windowsill there were all of these plants big huge tall plants and peeking out from between the plants was a little pair of eyeballs and we were like oh my god this dog was so terrified that it was camouflaged in the plants and just staring out And if we had only thought to bring Max with us, he totally would have figured it out and found this dog. But this poor, sweet, scared dog was just terrified of everything and turned out to be terrified of everything for a while. But we did bring Max with us on all of our subsequent visits. And this is where my mom started to call Max the therapy dog because Max totally rehabilitated this dog to the point where she was so happy and loved him so much. They ended up calling her Melimaki. I have no idea why. And she was a weird little dog, but she was kind of tall, actually. She was like the size of a small greyhound or a whippet or something. And she was brown, and Pat just loved this dog. This was her dog. And she ended up being part of the family for a very long time. So she looked sort of like a long-legged dachshund. And there were other dachshunds too. So there was tiny short dachshunds and one long-legged dachshund. And she was very strange but very sweet and ended up being a lovely critter. And my mom did save some other dogs from that shelter that were not so great. Yeah, I'll come to those later. (laughs) All right. This is my Friday evening musing with you. And I will uh, see you next time. Cocktail in hand. Thanks for being here. Want to make some juicy passive income but don't know where to start? You need to check out Girls Trade 2. Girls Trade 2 is an online community of women learning to trade in the stock market so they can boost their savings and get off that dang hamster wheel of work, work, work. So if you want some help figuring out the stock market, check out a free web class at girlstrade2.com.
Thanks for listening. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or on Facebook at Diana Green. And check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard for photos and other fun additions. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you're listening. It makes a world of difference and helps others to find the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.